Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined by Mark Donaldson. It was a must win, and we won it. Um, how good was the performance? That shall be discussed. But yeah, 3-0 three, three over St Johnston, really good result, and a needed result. And it sets us up, I think, nicely, Laurie, for a couple of games against Celtic. How's fatherhood this week? It's, it's fine, yeah. <laughs> no, you can't keep using the word fine. It's just like hearts, you know, yeah, it's getting the job done. I mean, not spectacular, can't complain. A bit, a bit leaky at the back at times, but somehow uh, you get away with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. If Wednesday night away at Celtic might be a closer um, comparison to how leaky um, small babies are and compared to football. It, it's, it, it's good, you know, it's good, it's fine. Um, solid performer, you know, is, yeah. But I, d- I don't know what else to add at this stage. So, so basically don't ask next week because I don't want the same conversation and I don't want to say fine again because I don't really have much more than that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, like, he's, not, okay. he's not too badly behaved. He has spells of having a few naps. He has some nights where he's a bit restless and he's a bit more of a pain in the arse. So... So when, when, you go, when, 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 you, when you go when you go to the football when you go to commentate at Tynecastle like you did at the weekend, does Gail mm-hmm. sit in front of a laptop or or have all the the wires and everything so the Hearts TV is on the big TV and, no. and Callum's all dressed and his 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 Hearts kit? Is that how it works? No, oh. I, I actually need to get him some Hearts. I don't have any anything oh, Hearts related yet. No, it was one of those where I was going to go in. I was actually planning, it was a little while, but maybe a few weeks before he arrived, I was like, I'm still not getting hard stuff, I'm going to go to the shop, and then someone... You, forgot, you, didn't have, you didn't have his name until after he was born, so how would you have done that? No, I don't mean a strip, but just some hard stuff. Um, I don't have anything. And then someone at work went, no, you can't do that. Folk are going to buy you things, and you're going to get loads of hard stuff. I was like, you think? I was like, yeah, yeah, wait, to wait. And I was like, alright, I guess, okay, you may be a good point, I shouldn't... But then no one has. <laughs> and we've had, oh, we've had loads of we've had lots of gifts, lots of clothes. But I was like, and some, you know, a few from I got given a few at the weekend. Um, Jimmy Sanderson very kindly uh, gave me a gift, as did Stevie Morris. Um, oh. uh, but nothing hearts related. And I was like, did everyone just think that someone else would be buying that? So no one's got any hard <laughs> stuff because we're like, no, he already got that, or someone else will buy him the hard stuff and. Now, no one has. So I, I do need to get some hearts things. So, um, yeah, no. no I, I won't ask you next week. This is two, two and done. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when there's some, um, <laughs> when there's some notable updates. <laughs> yes. At the moment, it's just um, sleep, cry, feed, boop, um, yeah. repeat. Yes. Anyway, um, mm. just the two of us this week, I noticed um, McGowan bottled it. Oh, I did, because, oh, if we'd won, nobody would come on. That's not the way this works, son. You don't just go into your work when things are going well. You've got to deal yeah. with the shit times as well. This is a disappointment from you, McGowan. You're happy enough to take... I mean, you got paid a fortune by St. Johnston at the weekend to commentate on that game. An absolute fortune. No wonder they're in the shit financially. They're paying him so much money to do that. 
But then when he does something for free, like with us, I mean, he's just nowhere to be seen. That's, that's left a bad taste in the mouth, I have to say. was a rascal as well. Very unprofessional. His well, media career won't take off if he continues to to grope me and try and touch my um, <laughs> touch my, my tablet when I'm trying to... Is that a euphemism? Um, maybe. He was just a bit of a rascal, sitting along from Jimmy Sanderson and myself. In all, cool in all fairness, he's he's very good. He's, he is. He's 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 very good. He gives a good insight, and uh, but his team got pumped. Certainly scoreline wise. And um, I put a video on because he was he was giving me lots of sticks. So when we went three 0 up, I did a little video, and he um, <laughs> he he gave a gesture to me at the end of it when I was celebrating and filming him. And uh, someone I posted on Twitter, and someone responded with a red card. Uh, gif and I didn't get it at the time I hadn't really caught up with other Scottish news but I only it's one of those where a few hours later I was reading about the Livingston game and um, the whole David Marshall David Martindale thing I don't know if you saw that oh the middle finger thing and I was like was oh that's right ah, that's I, why you lost me you lost yeah. me yeah well I didn't I didn't get the, the reference I was like a red card and it was because um yeah, there was a there was a gesture, wasn't there? Middle finger from Martindale to David Marshall. Are, are we but, are we deviating and off on tangents because we don't really want to preview too much about the Celtic games because we're we're worried about them? Or shall we just get straight to the the St Johnston winning and kickstart us in this week's podcast? Yes, sorry, yes, we are deviating. We're, we we will focus a bit more. So we will talk about Hart of Midlothian uh, pumping Ryan McGowan's St Johnston on Saturday just past. Uh, we'll preview the double header against Celtic now because we're recording on Tuesday. Podcast will go out and be available on most of the apps some point on Wednesday, which is of course the day of the Celtic away game in the league. So we'll we'll touch on that briefly, but. Not too much because by the time most of you listen to it, um, the misery will probably be over already. So let's not prolong it too much. But we will definitely have a, a chat about the Scottish Cup game and anything else that may come up over the next hour or so. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So Hearts faced St Johnston at the weekend, just past. Uh, let's have a quick listen back uh, to the goals from that one. Michael Smith moving into a central position, looks for Shankland under pressure, holds off one challenge, almost comes away with it, eventually does break to George Grant. And now Ginelli, right side of the area, good feet from Ginelli, opens up, left foot shot, deflected and in! Hearts have the lead, there's a bit of fortune about the final finish, but it's a man who loves to score against the Saints. The left foot effort from Josh Ginelli takes a big deflection and spins into the bottom left corner. It's goal number six of the season, it's his fourth against Saints, and it's Hart Midlothian one. St Johnston nil switches it to the left to Barry Mackay a bit of space in front of the Hearts playmaker back with Cochrane looks for Barry Mackay into the box good move Mackay across the area Ginelli knocks it in great move out to the left it's cut across the box Shanklin couldn't get onto it but it's Ginelli again who just touches it home from no more than a yard or two out Hearts 2, St Johnson nil, Ginelli at the double. Didn't see much in that, but here's Barry Mackay, edge of the area. Grant whips it across and into oh! the bottom left corner. It goes all the way across the box and creeps into the net. And George Grant wraps up the three points for Hearts with just his second goal in Maroon. Remy Matthews will be disappointed. But the Hearts players and the fans don't care. Hearts 3, St Johnston nil. So very enjoyable afternoon in the end in Gorgie and a big result for Robbie Nielsen's side. Let's take it back to before the game and the team lineups. Of course, Hearts had suffered defeat the last time out against Motherwell and three changes from the Hearts boss. Uh, Toby Sibick would not make his 50th appearance. Um, cursed by scarves around the funnel, possibly. Um, <laughs> dropped out of the team after <laughs> his appearance uh, 
on our podcast. Uh, Cammy Devlin also out, and Stephen Humphreys was unwell, so was out of the squad completely. Uh, Kai Rolls made a welcome return to the team following a broken toe, and also in came George Grant and Josh Ginelli, who was back from suspension. And a similar shape for Hearts, as we've come to expect under Robbie Nielsen, Xander Clark and goals, Hill, Rolls, Kingsley back three, Smith right, Cochrane left, Snodgrass alongside George Grant in the centre, Barry Mackay sitting in that number 10 role with Shanklin and Janelli a little bit further forward in a 3-4-1-2 formation, if you will. Um, happy with, with how we lined up. Were you surprised that Civic missed out? Were you pleased to see the likes of George Grant get a start? I think the lineup told us a lot of things. So let's dissect what it told us and let's accompany some of the comments that Robbie Nielsen made, not pre match, but the week of the match. And he basically said in his pre match conference, uh, the press conference that uh, he's had two weeks and it would be the strongest available team. So that tells us a couple of things. It tells us what I think we knew, that George Grant's a better partner for Robert Snodgrass than Cammy Devlin and or Andy Halliday. I don't think too many people would have um, batted an eyelid at that and Grant got his goal, which we'll talk about. But Grant and Snodgrass, if you're playing that formation, that seems to be your your best central pairing. At centre-back, is it is a, a toss of a coin now between Hill and, and Sibic? Toby on last week, and I asked him the question, if he was to put his name in a back three, would he put it in the centre or on the right? And he said on the right. So therefore, it was a toss of the coin between him and James Hill, and Hill got the nod. I think it might be different um, this week with, with Kingsley unlikely to, to play. I think you move roles across, and you've got Sibic and Hill together, um, or you can play Cochrane. But again, up front, <coughs> Janelli and Shankland, and Mackay. He was the one, Barry Mackay, who attracted most of the, the comments when the team was was posted on, on Hart's social media accounts. Um, we had discussions, both the week you weren't here, and last week as well, about who was going to play, and um, would Barry start? And a few of us were thinking that it might be an opportunity for Oda. Um, but he went with the tried and tested. So that tells us that's his strongest lineup. Now, the game itself, even if that is his strongest lineup, I still think we leave ourselves too open with that formation. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, looking at the game, we were facing a Saints side who also made three changes and we're missing quite a few players uh, through injury and Daniel Phillips was suspended and they kind of matched up with Hearts in many ways with the shape. It was um, a 3-4-1-2 if you will as well, but certainly a, the back three with the, the wide the wide players either side in Dre Wright and Adam Montgomery. And um, interestingly, you saw Graham Carey quite early on was almost a standing with Robert Snodgrass sticking to him for, for many parts of the game. Uh, but early on, I thought St. Johnson pressed Hearts quite well in that defensive area um, and it caused a few problems didn't it you know it was a nervy opening period and you can see they, they saw issues in that Hearts backline trying to to get the ball forward and it's it, we've seen it similar you know once you get the ball up to the likes of Snodgrass and he's got a bit of time Hearts can sometimes start ticking start uh, moving forward and start getting into their groove but if you prevent Hearts getting the ball up to these players or you prevent Snodgrass getting time on the ball, then they can cause problems. So with a player very close to Snodgrass in the likes of Carey, and with the Saints front line pressing the Hearts defenders quite quickly, um, we get ourselves into bother, don't we? Because, you know, yeah, it's all well and good saying we want to play it from the back, and it's maybe admirable to an extent that we want to, to play decent football, but it does leave us open to errors, doesn't it? And we got ourselves in a bit of bother. Yeah. If that was Celtic, not St. Johnston, the chances that St. Johnston had for a start, Celtic would have scored one or two of them, at least. Plus, they would have converted far more as well. And we would have probably been on the end of a hiding with that performance. I like to be the some sort of positive voice at times and 
I'd rather the glass is half empty than half full. And I'm not I'm not going to be negative after a three 0 victory. Um, and it was half empty. I just think the result was better than the performance. And I think we get away with that against the majority of teams in the league because they're yeah. bang average. And yeah. we're okay, but we're not great. We we've actually played in uh, listen to St. Johnson after the game. Callum Davidson was saying they've they've played worse and, and taken something from Tyne Castle. Um, give me what we were at. Let's, let's start with the positives. We're very clinical this season. I love that because for years we've been wasteful uh, in front of goal. Um, love the fact we scored from outside the box. Don't care it was deflected. Just love the fact we tried a shot from outside the box. George Grant with a cross that went in again. We're trying something a little bit different, and we can't always try and score the perfect goal against better sides. So against Celtic, and there's a couple of games coming up, we're not going to have as much of the ball as them. So we have to be better with it. So that's why, and I, I want to discuss this later on in the podcast. And I know there'll be probably a few of you listening to this after the first game against Celtic. So most of my kind of conversation later about the Celtic game will be about the Scottish Cup and how I think we should go about it for that. But it's there's enough negativity out there about hearts from a kind of a minority for me not to want to join in. And I'll take that every day. I'll take being all right and winning 3-0 over playing well and not getting a result. This is about finishing third in the league. This is about getting back into Europe, getting the fans at least four more trips next season and hopefully those that were unable to do any this season get to sample that next season so it's games like this so we had to win Hibs winning at Livingston wasn't ideal for us um, because they're on a bit of a run right now however they've got Rangers and Celtic to come back to back so it was vital we got all three points and we did and I thought we played some nice football I just feel as you pointed out the setup that we have right now while trying to play football which I love is we've just got to be a bit more careful with the ball because we do allow the opposition more opportunities than I certainly would like. And you can look at this game two ways. A deflected shot from outside the box and a cross that ended up in the back of the net. Take them away and you've got a you've got a 1-0 game and then they've got their chances. I don't really want to look at it like that. I want to look at it, it was 3-0 and it, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a great win. It's a much-needed win. But I thought the result was better than the performance. That's all. That's not a bad thing. Give me that. Give me a, a, a shitty performance and a and a three points. I'll take that all day long over a brilliant performance and not getting anything from a game. Yeah, I, to an extent, I think the worry is maybe the the amount of times that we have seen those sorts of games, and I think that's why people felt like the Motherwell game was coming in terms of we've not been at our best. So there was bound to be a game where another team took advantage because um, we've not been at those levels. So I think the first half, especially in the St. Johnston game, I think it was fairly even. Uh, Mr. McGowan's words at halftime were, we've battered you that half, which gross exaggeration. Um, it was an even and open game. Motherwell could have easily scored one or two, but I thought Hearts looked good going forward. It was a game where I thought we looked good attacking and I was quite pleased with how much... Um, more positive and more direct we were in some good areas in terms of playing some dangerous balls, you know, taking a chance on a running behind or um, or taking a shot, like with the Ginelli goal in the 21st minute, which, as you say, it's a very fortunate goal, the final shot. Um, the keeper's probably going to save it comfortably, but Liam Gordon hangs a right boot out and diverts it into the bottom corner. However, um, it's that overused cliche of, you know, you've don't buy a ticket. We don't win the raffle. Yeah. Middle um, to front's not the problem here, Laurie. It's certainly on Saturday. I don't have an issue. Middle to front. No, okay, what I like to get in front of goal, but I think you you brought it up when you first made your summation. The issue here is the the formation that we play with with those two in front of that three. If the fullbacks, if we have the ball, allowed to get forward, we're giving the ball. We're giving the opposition too much of the ball because we don't track runners. That's the problem. We got away with it against St Johnston. We won't get away with it against better sides. No, that's fair. Um, I mean, in terms of the the goal, I, I liked. I, I like when Smith does this when he comes central. It, it was quite fruitful. You know, he came into the the midfield role. 
I played Shankland, who I thought was was excellent, even though again he, he didn't get many opportunities in front of goal and didn't find the back of the net. Uh, George Grant involved, and then Janelli cuts in, gets a bit of luck. He does like a goal against St Johnston. At the other end of the park, though, as well, 10 minutes later, St. John said, I can't believe they didn't equalise from this one. A decent move from them. It's worked out to Stevie May, who fires it across the box. It's, what, two yards from the the line as it comes across? And Dre Wright knocks it goalwards. And somehow, Xander Clark, dare I say Craig Gordon-esque, just manages to get himself in the way of it to divert it around the post. Now... We've got Scotland squad to be decided pretty soon. He's got to be in a good shout of of being the man to to replace the man who he's replacing goals for Hearts. Yeah, I mean, being the squad, why wouldn't he play? And he had one error that he atoned for with a super save. He has been beyond what most of us would have hoped that he would have been when he came in. And I think credit to the football club for allowing the funds to be able to. Get ultimately a number one and persuade him that, yeah, you'll be a number one, but in the future, so just bide your time. Now, he got in under circumstances because of what happened at Tyne Castle, but he's a super goalkeeper. Now, is he prone to a bloop from time to time? Maybe, but he's an excellent shot stopper. He really is. And there was one save on Saturday. I mean, that the chance that they missed from the right hand side, it went all the way across. Um, I don't know how that didn't end up in the back of the net. But there was another one in the first half, I think it was. It was a, I mean, it was a save that it was Craig Gordon-esque. So he certainly will be in the squad. I mean, is there a better goalkeeper out there that's available? I don't think there is. I think so just now. So yeah, like you say, going to be in the squad and... I wouldn't be surprised if he's the man wearing the number one shirt. That's up to Steve Clark, and you know, ultimately, it's not going to impact Hearts too much. But certainly, putting himself in the good shout. Yeah, he made another save from Cammy McPherson that he tipped over the bar a couple of minutes before the break, um, which kept the scoreline at one nil at half time. There was a little bit of some murmurings at that point because Saints ended the half reasonably strongly. They started the half quite well, and yeah, they'd been da- they'd been dangerous, been threatening at times. Um, Second half, they maybe had a little spell early on, but I thought Hearts did get a grip of the game and the second goal certainly helped, 62nd minute. And a player who we've got to give credit because he gets, he has got some stick this season, I think at times deservedly so. However, I thought Barry Mackay was what we'd want from Barry Mackay against St. Johnston. Um, Drifting into good positions, picking up the ball, drifting past players, looking for options. And, he kept a lot of things simple, but he makes things look simple when he's playing like this. You know, he picks the ball up on the left, plays it to Cochrane, makes a run. It's like an old-fashioned just a one-two. Give it and go. Give it to Cochrane, make the run into the box. Cochrane gives it back to him. Rolled across the box to Ginelli. Touches it in. 2-0 hearts. And it make it, it does look easy, but not everyone can, I guess, have the quickness of thought and execution to do that obviously at a higher level maybe but in Scotland you've not got many players who do that pick the ball up have a look around know it right okay I'm playing it to Cochrane I'm making the run behind who's in the box who am I going to pick out and it's a very nice and easy goal but I thought Mackay was terrific and you've got that goal that was Janelli's fifth against St Johnson loves a goal against Saints but then 11 minutes later when Hearts go 3-0 up yeah it's a, a cross come shot I think is the uh, technical term they call this one from George Grant. But even Mackay's influence in this, the ball gets cleared and it's 25 yards from goal. He just kills it from the air, um, drifts past Stevie May and just rolls it out to George Grant. So just little things like that. I think sometimes maybe Barry Mackay, he is a quality player, but maybe has he been looking for the Hollywood pass or, or trying things that just weren't on? I think when he keeps it simple, he has got the quality to just easily walk past players and pick simple passes and make those runs. I, th- I thought he was terrific and that's what we want from him. You know, we, And we're not going to get it every game because if he was doing it every game then he wouldn't be at hearts. We've said that. But if he can have more games like that, even if he's having spells in the game where he's not doing anything he just needs to come alive in these moments doesn't he? He does. We have never ever questioned his ability as a footballer. What we have questioned is how much of the game he actually gets involved in because he's a player with that ability that really should be getting involved in the game more often than he does. And you're spot on. If he produced his best 
on a weekly basis. <laughs> he ain't playing for Hearts. We've got him for a reason. So a lot of the talk in the build-up was, does he deserve to start? Robbie obviously thinks that he did, and and I, I thought the second goal was outstanding. And we have, for for all we speak about the chances we give up, let's be let's be focused on the positives, middle to front. Um, some of the goals that we have scored this season, even since January, have have been really really good goals. That's the type of goals that that they work on, that they want, and they do in training, and they want it to come to fruition at the weekends or on a match day, and and that's what we got. Barry Mackay, in essence, is a luxury player. So maybe St. Johnson at home is, is his type of game. Games at home when you're going to have a lot of the ball and you're going to have more of the ball than the opposition. He's probably a player that you would play off a striker, um, not as front part of a front three, because you're probably better to have someone like that as an extra midfielder. Um, so where does that leave him? Well, the Celtic game is coming up. I'm not sure. I, I would start him. Because... I. I think we need extra protection in the middle of the park. What's more important, protecting the kind of defence and, and the midfield, making us harder to beat at the expense of creativity and attack? Well, I think when you've got more of the ball, Barry Mackay is the type of player that you want to rely on. But when you're having to defend and maybe hit on the count, he's not the quickest. Josh Sinelli, to be fair, is the only player that we really have with any pace in that team. So it's a, it's a difficult one. I, th- I think yeah, Cool's probably a bit of pace, but I know he's not. Well, I'm talking to guys, yeah, talk, guys that have started, that were starting against St. Johnston. Of course, Cool's got pace, but I'm not throwing Cool in against Celtic. I think it's horses for courses with Barry McKay. No problem with them starting against St. Johnston, even though when we picked the team, we were like, we're going to play him or are we not? That was just based on, on a kind of a lack of, um, a lack of performance in the last couple of games. But, the Motherwell game, hardly anybody performed. <laughs> At home, what I would work on with Barry Mackay is getting him more involved in games that aren't at home against St. Johnston. I mean, we've got Aberdeen coming up. We've got to Kilmarnock. These type of games, yeah. battles, I want to see him more involved in that. And if that's not going to be his type of game, then I'd have him okay. as an impact sub. Yep. Yeah. No, that's quite right. And I think, uh, on another note with those two, I mean, Remy Matthews will be disappointed with the third goal. Um, it, it does take a wee bit of curl on its way in from the way George Grant hit it, but it goes right right across and the keeper should do better. But I think one of the things that maybe fans would point at with especially the first and third goals is been a few games where we've we've slowed things down, we've overplayed it. We've always been looking for maybe the, the perfect opportunity or the very the right chance to get a shot at goal. I think sometimes, especially at the level we're at, get the ball driven in the box, have a shot at goal. Um, you're, you're often not talking with all due respect world-class goalkeepers, world-class defenders um, I think that's something that maybe frustrates fans at times in certain yeah. games where it's like we've not we've not had that clear opportunity and we've not we've not had like a shot at goal you know we've, we've had certain games where there's not been a meaningful effort you know games that we've lost and it's like get someone having a shot at goal get someone just driving driving the ball into the box like that Um and it was sorry, interesting. I, 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 sorry, I love the fact we are saying here picking faults to an extent in a performance that the result shows we won 3 0. We're third in the table. We're five points clear of the nearest <laughs> challenger. We're doing better at this stage of the season than we were yes, at yeah. this stage last season. That is important. I love the fact that we still talk about how f- much further we have to improve. And we've been we've been all right this season. We've been good. We haven't been great. And that's something to strive for. So if going back to all those miserable days over the last 30 years where we've been striving for eighth in the table and just the horrible seasons, what we would have given to be sitting, talking, and we'd have been in a pub back then or in a living room with friends or family and saying, yeah, third in the league, haven't been great. Give me that all day long. We can work with that. But you you get St. Johnston in, in eighth on 31 points. You get Motherwell, Ross County, Kilmarnock, Dundee United. In fact, you get Livy, St. Mirren, Aberdeen and Hibs. They would all swap with us. So it, it it's it's not striving for perfection, but it's striving to be as good as we can be with a talented group of players 
And I think there's still a lot of work to be done. I'm not convinced by this formation. And later we'll speak about the, the Celtic game. But to be, I think that was a, what would you say, a six and a half out of ten performance against St. Johnston. And it still gets us a 3-0 win. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Probably fair. Uh, Garen Cool, just, just mentioning him, he came on. He had a lovely effort in the 93rd minute where he clipped the ball off the crossbar, kind of lob from the right. And I'm, I'm certain it was deliberate. There's this strange social media reaction from many outside of our game in Scotland that. It, You've been getting stick, haven't you? No, I've not. I've Not me personally, no. Just there seems to be these angry tweets from, from certain people commenting, some from, from Australia and maybe some Newcastle that. You know, his hearts are, can't believe it. Someone referred to Garen Cool's hearts, most talented player they've had in 10 years. He's wasted there, blah, blah, blah. Um, Garen Cool may well end up being a fantastic player in his career. Laurie, that person's probably never seen hearts play. I don't know. Probably not. Now, just just to get it off my chest, Garen Cool had made four senior starts in his career when he arrived at hearts. He was playing in the A-League, and now, I quite like the A-League. I, I watch a bit of it in the morning. It's, it's, it's entertaining. Um, it's open. There's a lot of attacking. There's a lot of space, a lot of goals. This is a step up from the playing for hearts. Um, and however you, whether you like A-League or you like the Premiership or whatever you think is better, this is absolutely you get a lot more space in the A-League and you're attacking. You don't come across the same resolute and well-drilled defences that are happy to sit in and, and defend um, it just seems weird, you know. I think people maybe, maybe some Hearts fans expected too much from, but mainly from outside, thinking that this teenager should go to Hearts and should suddenly be starting and ripping it up. I think it's needless pressure on him as well. Um, so yeah, it just just this weird rise of people mainly directing outside Hearts and outside the Scottish game. That why is this amazing player being wasted at Hearts? When I was like, well, he's a prospect. He's got some talent, but he's raw. So um, I think I think he'll have a part to play. I think we will see something from him. Um, but he's young. He's eighteen. Um, calm down, everyone. Calm down. And on that note, we'll we'll move on. Forest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the nineteen fifties. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Right, let's talk Celtic against Hearts. So very briefly, we'll we'll preview the league game because at the time of recording, as I mentioned, this will be going out quite close to the game, so we don't spend too much time on it. But it's Celtic Hearts in the league on Wednesday, which is the 8th of March. Celtic nine points clear at the top. Hearts five clear of Hibs in third, but the Highbies do host Rangers at the same time on the back of a very good win for them away to Livingston. Now... Can't hide from the fact this is a very tough place for Hearts to go. Uh, 23 games away to Celtic now. We've lost 22 and drawn one. Um, and if you look at Celtic generally, uh, last 26 league games at Celtic Park, uh, they've won 25 and they've drawn one. And that one was with Rangers. So it's a daunting task for anyone. Uh, Hearts have a terrible record there generally and recently, bar that nil-nil draw that Robin Nielsen got hearts in September 2015. Mark, is this a case of this? It's, it's, it's a very difficult one, this, because you go to Celtic Park and you line up with everyone behind the ball and you try and just kill the game. If Celtic do score, what's your what's what's your thing? What's your game plan at that point? And and Robin Nielsen will be heavily criticized if he approaches the game that way. If you go gung-ho at Celtic Park you're opening yourself up for uh, an absolute battering, which could happen anyway. But if you if you try to attack the Celtic team, especially in Glasgow and that big pitch where they're so good, you're just asking for problems. So is it just a game that Hearts just have to be kind of resolute, be organised and hope for the best? Hmm. I didn't realise that Stephen Presley was among the goal scorers the last time Hearts won there in the league. Yep. Albeit that was for Celtic. Um, we'd taken a, a two-goal lead through Ivaskevichus and Andrew Driver. Presley got one back and then Pospisil's penalty. That was April 2007. Right. So we've tried a lot of different things. A lot of different managers have tried a lot of different things. 
Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, you, you're going to, I hope, read out some of the, the messages that we received on the, the on the Twitter. Um, yes. About, about people talking uh, which game they would prioritise. I think they're both a priority. Um, and I don't think, I mean, the, the first priority is the first game. However, um, I <clears throat> I would play eight of the nine that were on the bench at the weekend. I would start them. Um, I'd start Oda. I'd start Atkinson. I'd start Civic. I'd start Forrest. I'd start Kuol. I'd start Devlin. I'd start Halliday. And I'd start Keel. And then I'd pick two more outfielders to go with Xander Clark. Now, I think shape um, is going to be important. And I'm intrigued to see what that shape's going to be and to see if Robbie Nielsen has learned from um, what I thought was was a, a wrong uh, team selection and formation and tactics against Rangers. Um, if we do that again, I mean, basically thought that Kuo was a central midfielder, which uh, that ain't happening. And and that, that, that did the kid more harm than anything else. Um, never mind not starting games. When he does start, he was played there. That was his last start, I believe. So... I'm not. I'm not playing that team because I've already given up. I'm trying to incentivize them. I'm trying to say to them, "Look, this is a squad that we have. Let's see what kind of squad that we have got here. We've got the first eleven that played at the weekend, but that doesn't necessarily mean that none of you can get back in to that first eleven. I mean, Oda started at Livingston. It wasn't a great game for anybody on a plastic pitch. Why not give him a run from the start?" Civic, I mean, that's not a downgrade over whoever he would he would come in for. Um, Kual again. Excuse me. This this is a game where Celtic Park is so much bigger than Tynecastle Park. Tynecastle Park's the smallest pitch in the top flight. So play it all over the top. Turn it doesn't have to be the. It's difficult to try and change the ethos for ninety minutes of a, a game plan and a style that you're trying to implement across the football club, passing, possession, football. You're not going to get much possession because regardless, they hunt in packs, they win it back quickly. So remember when Scotland went to Serbia, went a little bit more direct? I think it would be easier to do with Humphreys leading the line um, with Shanklin behind him. But Humphreys, I'm not sure, will still be ready after the knock he picked up at, at Motherwell. So that that could downplay our kind of chances of, of those tactics. Okay, well, why not play maybe Ginelli on one side and Kuo on the other? Go for pace and do something like that or play them up front with Shankland in behind if you're going to do that. I think you've got a lot of different options. I just don't want to see the same again. I don't want to see a, a kind of, oh, we've been here before. We could have told you that was going to happen before kickoff. Let's try something a little bit different. But I think it should be different from what we try this weekend when we play them again at home in the cup. What about you? Yeah, I think you you have to find a you have to find a balance. But I mean, it's interesting. I know they've not really dropped many points at home at all to anyone, and if it's outside of Rangers, it's next to no one um, at home. One of the teams, I think it's just Livingston and Dundee United. I think have each got a draw there. And I know the Livingston game, um, they were heavily criticised for basically just being completely anti-football, just killing the whole game, not trying to attack at all. But it worked. They got a nil-nil. Is that the only way for for a team outside of, of maybe Rangers to go to Celtic Park? and to get a, you, Obviously, you need a heap of luck because if you set up... I mean, I look at that Livingston game. Celtic had 85% possession. Mm-hmm. And sixteen shots to Livingston's two, so Livingston only had fifteen percent of the ball that game. They didn't get a shot on target, but it worked. They got a point. Um, I guess the problem is, and I know Jim Goodwin got heavily criticised by Aberdeen fans for it, although obviously more criticism at home because he tried it at Petardre, where he basically set out to draw the game nil nil, and they're very, but they very nearly did it. But as soon as the other team scores. You're going to get criticised because if unless it works, it's the wrong setup, isn't it? Um, which, I is, which I know is, is I know that sounds stupid because like any setup is the wrong setup if it if you if you lose the game. But if you if Hearts go to Celtic Park on Wednesday and say they go attacking and they lose three two and it's an open game, they both have chances. 
I think Hearts fans would go fair play, fair play, Robbie. Uh, you know, we had a go, we gave them a good game, but we got beat. If they go to Celtic Park on Wednesday, they sit with eleven men behind the ball. They kill the game. They don't try and attack. It's nil nil. But the ninety fourth minute Celtic score, he'll get criticised. Say, well, you never even tried to win a game and you still lost it. Um, I guess the worst case scenario with trying to attack though is maybe a lot worse than if you're trying to defend because if you go at them and you're three four nil down in the first half, then what do you do? You go in defensive. Now you're going defensive and you're behind. So it's a diff- it's a t- it's a tough one. I- I'd be wary of making as many changes as what you're saying. I, I-, I understand that. I'm, 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 I'm just, not saying that I'm Robbie, saying he's got options. Yeah, I'm not saying Robbie won't do that because he made a host of changes when we went there last time, but, uh, mainly because we had a big game in the Europa League coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but And we actually did okay. We were still in the game. We were only 1-0 down going into added time. Ross Stewart had a great game. My concern would be we make eight or nine changes and we get absolutely torn torn apart you know like five six nil and what what if you what if you make no changes and get torn apart five or six nil <laughs> that's always there i just think it's less likely that you'll get torn apart five or six nil if you've got your strongest team out than if you've got if you're putting eight or nine players in who didn't start the last game then there's undoubtedly without even trying to dissect them it's undoubtedly going to be a weaker team I know Civic yeah, I get like, that. is different. Civic's different. I think Civic's just as good as, as likes of hell. He took him out. But on the whole, you take Barry McKay out, you put in Oda at the moment anyway. Um, but it's how you line them up. It's how you I set don't. them up. And if we play a 3-4-3 at Celtic Park, they could easily do us 4 or 5, regardless of the players that we start with. That could be with the first-choice team. If we set up the way that we have set up in recent games... In a three-four-three, they'll over they'll overrun us in midfield because basically Johnson um, on the right-hand side and then their their left-back Taylor they they get forward, but they get in, they basically become a it's not even a midfield five because two of the three that are already in there join the front five or play just in behind them. So we don't know if Alistair Johnson's a good defender in a Celtic jersey. We've seen him play for Canada; he's a good player. But he's never asked to defend at Celtic. Carter Vickers is a super player. I know that. Seen him enough. He's just a solid defender. But they basically leave two defenders. Starfelt, not fast for him. Could be anything. He's never tested. And that's the thing. I'm, Joe Hart was a good goalkeeper, but doesn't have as much to do. Not convinced by him. But we've got to be in a position to test them. And you can still... I, I've got no problem with going more direct. I've got no problem with, with playing a, a 5-4-1 or something like that, but not a kind of nine men behind the ball and a striker. If you're playing a 5-4-1, then why can't we get our two fullbacks forward into the midfield four and then two of them forward to make a front three? It's Again, it's, a formation is, is three, four digits, which change all the time. 3 5 3-4-3, 4-4-2. It depends whether you've got the ball or whether you haven't got the ball. They're good with possession. So we have to be as good as we can be. We know they're going to have more of the ball than us. And we've said it so often. I mean, for God's sake, Stephen Presley was playing for Celtic the last time Hearts won at Celtic Park. This is a conversation that you and I first had in our first episode <laughs> of Scarves Around the Funnel when it was Hearts Celtic at Murrayfield. How are we going to stop them? What are we going to do? Can we get Naismith? Is he going to be the threat? And since then, every time we've played Celtic, we've tried to work out this puzzle, this conundrum, and we've been unable to do so. So I'm not saying he has to make all these changes. No, but you can pick the team that you think will be best. But I think that the tactics and the formation has to have or has to give us more of a chance than I think a 3-4-3 will do. Because if we lose the ball in a 3-4-3 and we've committed bodies forward, who's tracking their runners? We don't... Snodgrass isn't. He doesn't backtrack. It's not his game. This is his first season playing as a defensive midfielder. He needs more support than anything else. So would I go three up top? No, I wouldn't. I'd play one up top, and then ask the midfielders with possession of the ball to go and support. But that then gives us more opportunity for bodies to track runners to stop them at source. Just getting about them. Just try and stop them. We know they're going to have a lot of the ball, but try and stop them from having time when they do have the ball. Because if we allow them time, we'll be another lamb 
to the east end of Glasgow Slaughterhouse. Let's have a look. We got some tweets ahead of the game. We asked for your um, thoughts and predictions ahead of the two matches against Celtic. We'll speak about the cup game in just a moment. Um, Brian Martin says, Saturday wasn't sparkling, but good enough three points. Like many games this season, possibly fair to say uh, fans think the squad we have is more capable than we're showing. We need to ramp up performance level concentration for the Celtic games. Tired of playing the old firm just for the pride of glorious defeat. Uh, Becky Davis says, I have a strange bit of confidence about Saturday, but Wednesday night, absolutely not. We're getting battered 5-0. Uh, Mark Wells, uh, keep it tight, frustrate and look for a sucker punch. Tactic has taken us close with Celtic a few times and Wednesday's a free hit. League points will be more important to them than the cup, in my opinion. A decent performance and take some confidence into the cup and you just never know. HM Fox Charlie says Celtic Park uh, Celtic Park game is a write-off. Rotate the squad and go for it on Saturday. 3-0 flattered us in a St. Johnson game and I fear a better team could hurt us. That being said, it's a cup game at Tiny. Early kickoff, Hearts win. Graham Taylor uh, pretty pessimistic, not because of how we've been playing. You just know how these games usually go. If we play a weekend team tomorrow to try and have our strongest side 100% for the weekend, we could easily lose both matches and be embarrassed in Glasgow. I hope I'm wrong. That'd be one of my fears, I suppose, with that. Uh, Sam, not overly fussed with the away game, so won't read too much into the result there. As for the cup tie, more optimistic. Five of our last six at home against Celtic have been decided by a single goal. If we're on the ball and keep it tight, I'd say we have every chance. Uh, Andy Grant, can't play the same team twice for me. The league is tighter uh, uh, than we would like, but Cup is a better chance of victory. Play as much of the squad at Celtic Park, be tight and counter. Then at home, uh, we need to be full of energy, giving them zero time on the ball right on top of Hart's goal. Um... Ryan McQueen says, for me, the cup game is by far the priority. Not saying lie down on Wednesday, but we'd definitely be resting key players and give fringe players such as Keogh and Forrest a chance. It's win-win because they'll be looking to try and cement themselves a place in the squad for the... Uh, um, where's the second tweet? You've got a second tweet somewhere. For the cup game, Celtic have been very good, but for the cup tie, if we can sell out the game and use the atmosphere to advantage and restrict their fluidity on the tight pitch, then we know how much of an advantage Tynecastle can be um let's see we'll get a prediction we've got a prediction here from hmfc fan 07 2-1 celtic at parkhead 2-2 at tynecastle hearts win on penalties well, take that kyle hmfc says 4-0 celtic in the first game but 2-1 hearts after extra time um one more let's see stevie morris Friend of the show says league game. Let's be honest, at eight to one, there's not going to be much bookie bashing. A boring nil-nil would be an achievement. Saturday, it's about being mega up for it and chasing bodies, not shadows. On that note, well, let's let's move on to the cup game, why don't we? Right, so after the league game at Celtic Park, Hearts will face Celtic again in the Scottish Cup quarter final. At Tynecastle. Now we've been getting closer to Celtic Mark. I was looking at a recent Scottish Cup meeting. 7 0 defeat. So 4 0. 4 0 defeat. Can we, get, can we get points for turning up, please? 2 1 defeat in the final of 29 and a 3 3 draw and a penalty shootout defeat in the final of 2020. We're, you know, we're, we're edging closer to them for our first win in the Scottish Cup against them since. Ryan McGowan's hearts beat them in the semi-final in April 2012. I was going to ask him about that, but the ball bag bottled coming on the show because his team got pumped at the weekend. Um, this will be potentially different kettle of fish than playing in Glasgow. Right, I'm, I've I've come up with my uh, I've come up with a, a, a different team to the one that that I want to play. And I'm just going to give you it straight off the bat. Right, I'm going to go five three. One one, so I'm making the middle of the park really congested. Three centre backs and three tight midfielders. Clark in goal, Smith, Hill, Civic, Rolls, Cochran. Three in front of them, giving Snodgrass plenty of support. Keo, Snodgrass, Grant, and Ginelli and Shankland. One in front of the other, whoever that may be. I just think from the, there's no Barry Mackay in there, um, and it's just it's the way that we're setting up. It's they like to congest the middle of the park and then they get it out wide. So by doing that, we have 
bodies in the middle of the park, but we still have players out wide. We have the pace um, of Ginelli, so we're not kind of letting go of that. Um, so I would approach, just I'd like to do something different, five four one or whatever. Don't be seen as too defensive, because you saw when when Hearts played against Celtic back in October, uh, went a goal down the penalty just before half time from Shankland, and then the goal straight after half time from Shankland again. And that was a bit. That second half was just a brilliant, brilliant game of football. Maybe not so much for for the Hearts supporter. They should have had a penalty. We got away with with that. But I thought a lot of our play in the second half was kind of freestyle. It was. It wasn't right. This is what we have to do. It was a kind of just go and play, just go and enjoy yourself. And what happens when they score two and go three, two up? Well, you don't let your heads go down. You get another penalty, you score it. Um, and we had chances. And then obviously Greg Taylor scores to go four, three up. But it wasn't a kind of rigid, this is what we are. This is what we do. We must do this. I think we played with a bit of freedom that day. And I just really enjoyed the game now looking back on it. It was horrible at the time because you felt, well, what if and if only. Um <laughs> Then you go against yourself and you say, well, you've got to have a structure. You can't play freestyle against Celtic. You've got to have that rigidity. So I'm probably going against myself with the, what I've just said, but that is the team that, that I would pick um, because we've seen it before in the Scottish Cup against Celtic. You can't win a game in the first 20 minutes against them in this competition, but by God, you can lose it. Absolutely. Um, so... It's a game. It's a it's a very it's a big week in many ways. Um, you know, Hibs Hibs breathing down their neck a little bit. They've got a game against Rangers. We hope that they won't get anything from that. But right now, the form they're in, you never know. Um, if we why are we worrying week, about them? Because why are we worrying about behind us? us? Yeah, but why? If we do our job, we don't have to worry about who's behind us because we'll be better than them. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just going to suggest. I mean, this is a a week. You know, at the end of the week, we could be in a Scottish Cup semi-finals and still five or more points clear, or we could be two points clear in third and out of the Scottish Cup, and suddenly just get a little bit, a little bit more nervy well, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We can cross that bridge when we come to. It. I mean, excuse me. I, th- I suppose it's like um, it's, it's like a golfer who's who's not used to the lead um, in a major in the final round and. I mean, does he play based on what other players might do? Does, is he more cautious? Uh, I suppose, of course, of course you are. Um, how should we approach this? Well, you have to approach it in that everything that we've tried under Robbie Nielsen and various other coaches hasn't worked. But this is home. And I, I really would love a home support that's sold out. I know there's still tickets available, and I don't know how many tickets are still available. I haven't checked. But I think Hart's best chance of of success is with a full house um, yeah. shouting them on because Celtic have sold their end and it is the entire end. I don't want them to feel like, oh, this is this is like our home game. Hearts fans haven't bothered turning up. There's so many gaps and empty seats in the home end. that That's going to be, it's, it's not a goal of a start before kickoff, but it's not far off. I think Hearts fans have got a, a huge part to play and just... Uh, we're, we're due, and uh, but being due doesn't guarantee you anything. No, not at all. But you've, um, you've you've got to earn it. But I think you're right. You know, we we need Tyne Castle to be at its best on, on Saturday. We need every ounce of energy that we can get from the stands. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's a tighter park than Celtic Park. It's an atmosphere that will hopefully spur the home players on and. I think that four three game was terrific, and it was quite a depleted Hearts team. It was, you know, we were really struggling with the rigors of of European football at that point, and we were off form. and And it was a it was a terrific atmosphere in that game, and Hearts put up a great fight. They were they were a little bit suspect defensively at times. However, um, I thought Cami Devlin was brilliant in that game. I think the you know these kind of games are where you want Cami Devlin. I think playing George Grant against St Johnson at home was was definitely the right call. I thought he had a decent game, especially second half. But, you know, you want Cammy Devlin, especially in that home game. You want him snapping around, um, making it difficult for Celtic, closing down that space. Do you remember and the formation looking... we played against Celtic, by the way, in the 4-3 at home? Yeah, back four. I think it was, mm-hmm. um, it was like a, I think it was one of the first times we played a, almost a 4-3-3. Oh, obviously, out of the ball, out of possession, it wouldn't be a 4-3-3, but that was where we kind of put Snodgrass in the middle with Keo and Cammy Devlin. Keo and Devlin, yep. And it worked very well. Um, 
So I certainly wouldn't be against something like that happening. Um, again, similar sort of shape to this game. I know we've played the 4-3-3. There was a period where Robbie Nielsen really favoured that for a period this season. Um, of you know a solid back four. I you know I think Michael Smith won't play at Celtic Park. I think that just that makes sense to me. That's not just rotating for, no, I for the sake that. of it. That's because you know he's he's getting on, but he's he's one of our best defenders still. So I'd want him fit one hundred percent for the home game. So yeah, hopefully I, I think a back four that kind of shape four three three or four one four one however you want to call it. I know these shapes are very fluid, but the back four would be the key thing for me in that game. So if it was a back four right now, mm-hmm. say we're playing a back four against Celtic, who's your back four? Okay, we'll take Kingsley out proceedings because I don't think he's going to be available, certainly for the Wednesday game. So not for the Wednesday, available. it sounds like he's yeah. unwell at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so um, Cochran's my left back. Rolls is my left centre back. Civic played alongside Kingsley that day. Yeah, Smith's yeah. my right. Smith's my right back. Um, so it's, I mean, it's 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 between it's between Hill and and Civic, and I, I would probably play Civic over Hill, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you do that um, if you're playing a four. If you've played Hill over Civic the game before, so for me the 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 four would be Cochrane at left back. Rolls alongside Civic Smith at right back. What would be your four if that's what you were playing? Kingsley is out. Yeah, same as you. Same yeah. as you with that one. Um, I think we've seen Civic has played um, as a back two partnership and as a back three a few times with us. Uh, Hill has mainly been the three right side of the three. I'm trying to think if he's played much in it. He's certainly not played much of any as a central defensive partnership. Um, so I would be relying on Civic more than I would Hill, certainly at this stage. Could, so, could you play could you play Civic a little bit further forward then? Maybe Civic, Keel, and Snodgrass as the three in there. And then you easily have someone that can make that a back five if required. I'm just I'm thinking I'd, I've, it's not, I don't know if it's something I would do um, I mean you want to play your, he's just as comfortable as a as a midfielder so he's well I suppose he says he's, a, he's he now considers himself a centre-back but he's a ball-playing centre-back so I, I, I don't know I mean, are we overthinking this? I, 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 I think you know, people, are, people are like you sound like Robin Nielsen overthinking it and trying to do something weird like Moving a player who's not played midfield all season into midfield, I would rather not do something like that. I would. I think I would the back, agree. I think, I think that's the back four shape is good, but last, yes, yeah, shifting, don't shift, to that last two yeah, shifting players into positions that no, not, not in this game, not in a Scottish yeah. Cup time. Okay. Yeah, I can't believe you thought of that. That's ridiculous. Um, right, <laughs> right. We're not going to predict the Wednesday because there's no point because people listen to this have probably already seen the game. But do we predict the game on Saturday? We're going to. Well, we have to predict it. You first. Okay, well, on the basis that we um, are eternal and sometimes absolutely blind optimists on this, I will obviously be predicting a Hearts victory. Um, So let's go Heart of Middle-Earthian 2, Celtic 1. We've so fallen into this trap that we said we knew we were going to fall into, but we keep telling ourselves don't fall into the trap, but we do it. Well, yeah, because what you want me to, in our what potentially biggest game of the season, Scottish Cup, you want me to come in here and predict that we'll lose? That's not how this works, is it? <laughs> I'd I'd rather be the blind optimist who predicts us to win, and then we get beat. Um, I'm like, oh, I was too optimistic. Then be the shite back who says we're going to get beat. <laughs> 3-0 and then we win and then you'd be like what a dick you predict we, you predict we get beat I'd be happy I mean, to be more of a dick if by predicting a Celtic win and, and Hearts yeah well winning. whatever I'm going to go with it Hearts 2 I'm, Celtic I'm, 1 um, who are you going as a scorer uh, who's going to score um, Shankland Okay. I thought he was terrific against St. Johnson. I really, and I'm torn just now because I know a few times I've said on here, I want us to get Shankland, uh, you know, 
in the box more, playing as a nine a bit more, stop moving him here, then everywhere. And sometimes that's been the the right call would have been to do that. However, games like Saturday, he's his link up plays terrific. He's like the perfect foil for I think if Janelli's not in, if Janelli's not playing, I want Shanklin to be the spearhead of the attack, being a nine. But when Janelli's in after No, no, I, I I just mean sorry, I just mean generally. But but when Janelli's there, it works really well, doesn't it? Janelli kind of playing off the shoulder and, yeah, and getting yeah. into mm-hmm. the box and mm-hmm. Shanklin linking up play. Um it's they've got a nice they've got a nice kind of partnership there, nice link up. Um but yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I'll go Shanklin 2-1. There you go. What are you going to predict? 5 no Celtic. <laughs> Three two hearts. There we go. See, no shite bags here. No, just just wrong. <laughs> but hey, yeah, um, we can't... We're not going to keep a clean sheet against Celtic, so we're going to concede. So I think they score... Yeah, well, here we go. They score first. And we're like, <laughs> oh, shit. And then it's rip it up and start again. And just... We, we freestyle it and we get back into it. We concede and we go 2 1 down. We get back into it and we win it 3 2. Extra time just benefits Celtic. I'm, I'm, I can't be having extra time. So we win it and we win it in 90 with a goal in the last 15. This is just. This is so who's the scorer? Sorry, 3 2. And who's the scorer? Uh, Gino. Gino. There we go. Why not? <laughs> Hell with it, whatever. It's fantasy football. It is, but that's what we're here for. We're football fans. Um, No, no, I know. And it's going to happen one day. We're going to beat them again. At some point, yeah. Do you remember when when we spanked them 4-0? And they were going for that. How how could I forget? I mean, my goodness. With that team as well. I I mean, you would never in your wildest dream have predicted even a 1-0 win. Football's a, a, a stupid, stupid, brilliantly... Wonderfully nuts game that we all absolutely adore, but my god, it makes you pull your hair out. But the, the the games that are the most special can be the games where the least is expected. Yes, and Saturday Hearts will secure their spot as the first team through <laughs> to the last four of the no sponsored Scottish Cup. Uh, well. Yeah, here's um, here's hoping. Although uh, they won't be the first team through because it's a game on Friday, but we'll let you off with that. Um, it's going to be bad, bad weather. It's going to be postponed. <laughs> Is it a game? I don't even know who's who's playing Friday. Yeah, uh, Inverness Kelly, I think. Yeah, they spread them out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, oh, Monday. Yeah. Who cares? Um, but here, here's something I forgot about. So, we'll, it, that's about all we've got time for. But I was looking the last time Hearts played Celtic in the Scottish Cup was that cup final in 2020, which would be very weird. Well, I hope it'll be really weird for people when they look back at this and it says attendance zero. Um, but one thing I'd totally forgotten about, and it just popped up when I was just looking back through these, was there was an alternative venue suggested, it was put forward. Don't know if you remember. I remembered it when I read it, but until I read it, I didn't remember this. Um, in December 2020, Inverness Caledonian Thistle Chairman Scott Gardner. And put forward the Caledonian Stadium, then in Tier 1 restrictions in Inverness, to host the Scottish Cup final to allow 150 fans from the Highlands and Murray area oh, um, of either right. club to attend. It was rejected by the SFA. Yeah. If it had been accepted, it would have been the first time um, since 2014 that final had been held outside Hamden. It would have been the first time since 1896 that the tournament's final would have been held outside of Glasgow. Think about it, right? Is that the Keswick Bridge that's mm-hmm. behind the stadium? It is. There is a vantage point from the Keswick Bridge. Can you imagine what that would have been like? I mean, I, I don't even remember back then and decided, I mean, not, not living in Scotland right now. I take it it was supposedly illegal to travel out with your area. Is that, Was that correct? Uh, yeah, something like that. Right. It was not, you think that would have... Do you think that would have... Yeah. Right. Well, I'd be arguing that that was essential. To be there. <laughs> um, but can you imagine if it was just 150? How, a, how the hell do you ballot for that? But B, if it did go ahead and there were 150, how many more would be there? And that, that's the other thing. If you weren't allowed to travel outside your region, are you then only saying that Hearts and Celtic fans who live in Inverness and Murray could go to the game? Well, 
Possibly. I mean, I, I just thought it was an interesting thing to, to revisit. But I didn't I'm, expect all these, yeah, buts. Not a counter. Vicky it wasn't, a, wasn't, wasn't looking for a counter. Yeah. Got one. I'm sorry. Anyway, there'll be certainly more than zero or 150 at the game on Saturday. So hopefully it's a big one for Hearts. Uh, whatever happens, we'll be back next week to dissect both the games. Hopefully Hearts are in the last four. Um, but until then, thanks for tuning in. If you want to get in touch in the meantime, you can tweet at Around the Funnel or you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Uh, we are sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Big game's coming up. More on the hearts. Just a sweet-